Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Welcome back to a new exciting episode of Tales <laughs> from the Cold Storage. Yes, Cold Storage podcast. Thank you for turning us on. <laughs> and Thanks turn us for up. Tuning in and turning out. That's right. Thanks for never mind. We're sorry. Thanks for letting us interfere with your uh sound waves for a little while. Interfere with your sound waves? Yeah. So like they're they're giving us sound waves that we're interfering with? No. Whatever they're listening to, they turn that off to listen to us. So so you don't think that anybody just wasn't listening to anything before this? I don't know. What, that's why I said interfering with the sound waves. Well, there were, What if there was no sound waves? What if they were in a completely quiet room when they decided to turn us on? You've, you baffled me. <laughs> what are you talking about, Spencer? <laughs> What is silence? <laughs> we got a bunch of we we both together have some kids and <laughs> there's no silence around ever, right? Right. I didn't know we had kids together. Yes, you did, Kelly. <laughs> it's time to come out, man. You're right. Sorry, Kelly's place. mom. I know you're listening, and that's why Kelly's scared. But yeah, we we share children, and Kelly shares my last name. Mm-hmm. McCrapberger. <laughs> I don't know where that just came from, but I liked it. So, uh, Shazam. Yeah, tonight's review. <laughs> yep, exactly. Crack and thunder and lightning. Dude, you know that new Shazam movie? I mean, that Shazam movie that came out a couple months ago? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've seen it twice. It was BS, dude. BS? Yeah, the movie sucked, dude. You didn't like it? No. I hated it. Okay. Explain. Because here's the deal. Okay. I'm supposed to believe the name Mary Shazam. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. It is stupid. I hate yeah, Mary that Shazam. Is that sounds yeah. so dumb. Yeah. Could have been Sally Shazam or Sarah Shazam. That would have worked better. But because it was Mary Marvel, now it's Mary Shazam. Shazam Jr. Is that what the other one's called? I thought, or Freddie Shazam. Oh, yeah. Freddie Shazam. Freddie oh, Shazam. Gosh. Yeah. That sounds so stupid. And it is, it's horrible. Other than that, the movie was excellent and it was the best movie I've ever seen. It was so yeah. good. But because of that, it takes it down to 1%. But if it didn't have those names... But they don't really they ever say their them. names, though. Yeah, because they knew it was stupid. So you have to IMDB it, and you don't want to do that because it'll ruin your Yeah, it'll ruin the whole movie. For it. For it. <laughs> yes. Um, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't seen it already, the Marvel... I mean, the Shazam family is in the... So dumb, dude. Because like, I always am like, oh, it's the Marvel family. Everybody knows it's the That's Marvel what they, family. Yeah, they are the Marvel family. But it's family. not anymore because now the Marvel family is Black Widow, dude. And, yeah. And, and Thor. And, and, and Hulk. Really hot yeah, Thor. Yeah, Hawk. Uh, I. Hot guy. Hot guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so that's the Marvel family now. So the, it's just Shazam family now. And, oh, dude, that's dumb. But, yeah, the rest of the movie was awesome, right? It was great, yeah. It was... Uh, Jeff John's New 52 flavor. Yeah, but better. But it was better. Yeah, because Jeff John's... He doesn't know how to write anymore. You're right. He did one good thing with uh, Green Lantern Rebirth. After that, he's just been trying to live up to Green Lantern Rebirth. No, JSA, man. I JSA all the way. No, JSA was cool because it was JSA. But it's also great writing by Jeff John. Don't throw that pillow at me! (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to get more comfortable, dude. I'm trying to cover up my Woody right now that I got for oh, Jeff Jones. Dude. Yeah. Uh, nice. Sorry, Callie's mom. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, she doesn't listen to this. No, she doesn't. Did you tell her that we were doing a podcast? No. Why she, not? She'd be ashamed. We're grown man <laughs> talking about comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Callie's mom. Uh, well, I'm sure you got a brother that she likes better than you. 
all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. You're the least favorite? Yeah, I am the least favorite. That sucks, dude. Uh, yeah, no, it was, pretty f- <laughs> it was pretty fun. I'm sure you guys have all seen it by now, right? Who hasn't? But it just is such a good, exciting turn for DC, in my opinion, dude, that uh, they're just going to go right back down the drain with Joker when it comes out. Amen to that, dude. The red nose on Joker's face. Like, why does he have a red nose? Yeah, do you think he's a clown or something? You think he's the clown prince of crime or right, something? Right, I know, right? <laughs> like, crime doesn't pay. Come on, have you ever robbed a bank? Yeah. And, dude, here's my thing I've been saying. I've talked with you about this before, but let me talk with our listeners. Let me talk with you in front of our listeners so okay. they can hear it. Um, dude, you don't have... My biggest problem with that movie is that you don't have Joker without the Batman. Dude. C- correct. They're two like sides of the same coin, right? Gotham City was just mobsters and thugs before Batman came around, right? Right. His parents were killed by thugs. He wanted to avenge them, so he he started the crazy in Gotham City because Batman decided to dress like a bat. He was sitting in his lazy boy next to this window, looked out, saw a bat, and he says, I'm going to become a bat. Right. Like that's insane, right? Right. Like, who thinks that that's the way to go? Because, first of all, bats aren't scary. I don't know one person who's... I mean, maybe my wife is scared of bats, but, like, I don't know many men, or criminals for that matter, that would be scared of bats. Right. 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 Like, I would think maybe, like, what's scary? Like, a zombie. Why didn't he become a zombie? <laughs> he should have. If he was to... <laughs> zombie, man. Instill fear in the yeah. hearts of criminals. You got a guy dressed in spandex coming up to you, or you got a zombie coming up to you in an alleyway. <laughs> Zombies way scarier, or like Frankenstein, or or, or like Jake, a vampire. Yeah. Like why wasn't he a vampire? Or I'm like saying. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre dude, <laughs> Leatherface, right? Yeah. Like some dude chasing after you with a chainsaw. Yeah, dude, that's gonna scare the crap out of the criminal, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right, dude. Like. But no, he's like, I'm going to be a bat. That's stupid, dude. That's so crazy. How did that become the most popular character of all time, dude? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so so he started the crazy. He's like, I'm going to dress up like a bat and go out. That brought all the craziness, all the crazy villains out, right? Um, right. Because then you get your Jokers, your Two-Faces, your Penguins. Um, Riddlers. Yeah. Catwomans. <laughs> I like saying... Villains names plural like that. <laughs> Mad Hatters. Ventriloquists. Man bats. <laughs> man's bats. There you go, man's yeah. bats. Yeah. So uh, anyway, my whole beef with it is from a comics perspective and from a Batman theolog- theological perspective is that you just don't have the Joker without Batman. Like... Uh, like, they went into that um, with so many things, like uh, the uh, killing joke and stuff. It went into their relationship and how, you know, they've affected each other. Right. The Batman Lego <clears throat> movie, they went into how the Joker and the Batman are just, like, basically in love with each other, but they're on opposite sides of... The coin. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think the movie will be good because Walking Phoenix is good, right? Yes, but it's out of place, yeah, for sure. I can't look at it as a Joker movie. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, maybe like some sort of crime noir film. Right, it has to be its not, own thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then I think it'll be enjoyable, but not as a like Batman canon book, dude. Right. Do you think that, like, yeah, I don't think that Batman's going to be even in it, dude. Like, maybe they'll do a thing like in Shazam where, like, they brought Superman in for a second, but just from the chest down, right? Right, yeah. Because right now they don't have a Superman cast, right? So... Uh, because they booted Henry Cavill, so they don't, and they booted Ben Affleck too, so they don't have a Batman cast right now. So. Right, so maybe they use his suit, yeah, and you, or you see it in a distance. Yeah, but it's lame if they do that. Yeah, but what if like this movie's super successful and they're just like, okay, we're gonna do a Joker two and a Joker three, and they'll never bring Batman in? That'd be lame, right? Yeah, I. <clears throat> I'm going to hold in my rant. Is... <laughs> okay. Let's uh, get on to the review then, shall we? We shall. So, uh, today's review, today's listening pleasure is uh, Shazam. 
<sighs> Perfect. Where did you, you go, Kelly? <gasps> I'm right here. <laughs> uh, dude, yeah, careful with that word, man. I know. Um, this is Shazam the New Beginning by Roy Thomas and... Uh, Dan Thomas and Rick Stacy. Yeah. No, who's Rick Stacy? Rick Stacy. I don't know. What is he? He's nobody, dude. That's the artist, Tom Mandrake. No, okay, that Rick dude is the guy who did the last story that we're not even going to record, dude. Oh. <laughs> hey, have you ever thought about... Doing Popeye, like in the butt. <laughs> no, I'm just being stupid, dude. Okay, so <laughs> holy cow, Kelly, I can't restart this thing again. Ugh. This is like the sixth time we've restarted this because Kelly can't get his crap together. I keep screwing up. I'm gonna, I'm a, I, I suck. Sorry. Thank you. Now I feel better about myself. Every time you say that, I feel better about myself, and then it makes me happy. I that, suck. Yeah, geez. you saying that is like a compliment to me. Good. <laughs> Thanks for that. So, yeah, it was Tom Mandrake is the artist. Tom Mandrake of these is the artist issues. of this. Yes. So, this was a new beginning, um, the new beginning. Yes. Um, and it was a four issue miniseries in 86 and 87. Is that what it was? Um, oh. Yes. You're just we're, we're just guessing on that. Don't check us. I do think it was around that time, but uh, excuse me. Well, thirty—it's been thirty years. I can tell you that right now. Nineteen eighty-six. Nobody can hear what you're saying. Nineteen eighty-six. Okay, that's what I said. Yes, you're right. Okay, good job. I was just confirming you're right. To say you suck. Okay. I suck. <laughs> okay. <Jeez. laughs> um, okay, so this was basically post-crisis. Correct. Right? Yes. And uh, around the time you had your Dark Knight returns is. Right, your dark dark nights returns. Dark nights, yep. And you had your Watchmen's, right? Yep. And your Man of Steel. Yep, your Man of Steels, and they were getting all you know, trying to make things more realistic, right? Right. Uh, moving away from the campy DC uh, past, because DC was always criticized because they were stuck in the past, right? It was a company squeaky that was clean. squeaky clean. They were, they couldn't grow out of the Silver Age, basically. And uh, so you had some of these books that were basically, you know, like uh, like Alan Moore, like Watchmen, just like just completely turned it on its head, right? Right. Which we should review that someday, right? It would be good to go back and read that again. It'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they so they were trying to make everything seem a little bit more realistic, kind of the way Marvel is, right? Like let's put these guys in a real world scenario. Which is what they actually did with this book. And it's one of the things that... Let me just get this right out. Okay, Kelly. Get it right out there in the air. I, I'm going to do it. And <laughs> I don't care what you guys think. I don't care at all. You guys can all go to the store. <laughs> and I, I don't like this book at all, dude. Uh, this book, it was... I hated having to read this, dude. Really? It felt like... The worst kind of homework ever to me. And I, we've done, we're, we're on like what issue? I mean, Is episode, it, I'm going to say episode, but like, what are we, 10 or 11? Yeah, or something, something like that. that. I think 11, yeah. And dude, I've gushed over almost every book we've read. But this one, I dude, it really bothered me, man. Because it just seemed like they were trying too, too hard, hard yeah. to make it realistic. And so he, when I was saying... He wants to put him in the real world. He literally does. He moves him from Fossa City, mm-hmm. a fake city, yeah. and puts him in San Francisco. Uh, so, like, it couldn't take that more literally. Let's make this heroes more in the real world. Like, he literally put him in the real world. And uh, why? It's stupid to me why they did it. Like, I don't understand why they did it. So, uh, what I read online is that uh, Fossa City and Metropolis are supposed to be somewhat close to each other, at least on the same coast. East Coast, presumably, if it was America, uh, which I think it's, I think they do, they do consider it America, obviously, because Superman stands for truth, justice, and the American America. way, right? So, so yeah, so they put him on the other side of the the country in San Francisco, and it just seemed like, what's the point of that? It doesn't make any sense. I know Roy Thomas was a hippie guy, and San Francisco is a big hippie town, and maybe that's why he did it, but nothing in. The story didn't gain anything from taking place in San Francisco. In my right. Opinion. There was no added benefit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. Like, Roy Thomas is considered one of the greats, right? Like, right. he's written more comics than most people. He was in charge of Marvel for a while. Like, he 
who was he's in charge of the alter ego magazine that was huge it was one of the biggest fanzines ever right so you think the guy should know comics right dude this just felt well, he so did flat like for me. i think he did who's who and a bunch of other like he's on a ton of stuff yeah um so th- those of you listening that d- might not know who he is uh, you can look him up but he he's very well known in the comics community. yeah he, he replaced stanley you guys have heard of stanley right no actually i haven't could you fill me oh, in yeah well, he basically single-handedly created every superhero ever. Single-handedly? Yeah. Every yeah. character? Without any help, yeah. I have to tell you a story about that. <laughs> Go ahead. So it's I'm fun. at Easter dinner, right, okay. at my in-laws. And uh, my in-laws have family there as well. And uh, we're just talking some BS. I don't know. Anyway, they bring up Stan Lee and how, how awesome he is because he created every character. <laughs> You should have seen me just dude. like blow a gasket, dude. Did you set him straight? Yes. Well, I tried, and I'm like trying to explain to him, and they just like such simpletons. They don't understand. <laughs> dude, are they gonna listen to this? They might. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if they do, I, I'm not sorry because <laughs> I stand by my word. Okay. He did so not. So what'd you tell him, dude? What did you tell them? I just told him that he took too much credit. Yeah. And. You know, it's uh, the seventy theory, the seventy thirty theory. You know, like seventy percent one man, thirty percent another, right? And the thirty percent guy gets all the credit because right. that's what he was searching, searching for. It's like that whole theory about, or that whole like analogy of like seeing a plot of land and asking someone to build a house on it for you. And so you see the plot of land, and maybe you help um, design the foundation, but then the other person comes in, builds the foundation, and the whole house around your your plot of land you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and it, uh so like stan lee sees the plot of land and it's like hey, i want to buy that and so he buys the plot of land and then jack kirby comes in and creates the whole freaking house but to play devil's advocate here maybe nobody would have ever seen the house if it wasn't for the guy who first saw it and told everybody about the house correct but let's think about this what did Stanley create before Jack Kirby came around? Well, I know he created Shazam. Yep. Oh, yeah, obviously. Because yeah. it has Marvel in the name. <laughs> <Yep>. And he <laughs> cre- single-handedly created the Marvel Universe. Uh, before Jack Kirby came around, yeah. nothing. Because Jack Kirby's like 15 years older than Stanley. Right. So, okay. Well, my point is, is like, what creative talent did he have before Jack Kirby came around? Uh, no. I mean, he was a kid, man. Okay. All right. So, how about after Jack, after Jack Kirby? After Jack Kirby left? Yeah. Well, at that point, he was uh, Stanley was kind of doing his own thing, dude. He was like, that was around the time Roy Thomas was taking over for him. So, like, he was out uh, in California trying to get like the movie stuff going uh, around that time. He was just doing, he was writing the Spider-Man comic strip. I'm sorry, man. But, it's okay. Uh, but uh, no. So what I think what you're trying to say is that without Jack Kirby and without Steve Ditko and John Buscema and others. Stanley's nothing, dude. He's just Correct. like he's window dressing on nothing. So right. it, it's like he may add Christmas lights to a house, but there's nothing. There's no house there for him to add Christmas lights to pretty up, right? I, I think if anything, that's what he did. Is he was able to, you know, just wrap everything up that the artist would do, uh, nice tight with a little bow on it, and right. and present it to the world. It, but it, a bow does yeah. no good without a present to wrap it around. Correct. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, he was a huge advocate for comics in general and just getting comics to be more popular um, and like be considered like legitimate literature, but. Like you said, without Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, right. Buscema, he has nothing to stand on. Right. And so when when kids talk about Stan Lee and what a cool guy he is and all this stuff and all these cameos and like he's a fame seeker, dude. <laughs> and it's it's it just pisses me off because like the people that also it's again it, we may have talked about this before, but like it's the whole like Bob Kane, Bill Finger problem you know and, and not to the same extreme it's, not as, bad. it's yeah. not as bad it's definitely not as bad but there is a little bit of that flavor a little to it. a little bit of it but here's what makes it different kelly and you need to just understand dude you need to get off of your hate horse dude because i don't hate stan lee i just because, he has a place but it's his place is too high i'm sorry i'm just saying that you say he's a fame seeker and he is like he definitely likes the attention but 
uh, he was probably just as big of a Jack Kirby fan as anybody I know, dude. He and as Steve Ditko fan as anybody I know. He loved those guys, dude, and he always sang their praises. He gave Jack Kirby the name King of Comics, dude. Right. So like, uh, Bob Kane rarely spoke, never spoke with Bill Finger. Like, right. Like he wanted people to not know about Bill Finger. Correct. Be, so there's a huge difference. I see there. what you're saying, and and I know that Stanley. You know, when new people would come on, he'd be like, "Draw your character like Kirby or like Ditko, and and try and copy their style because that's what we want to do." Right. You know, and so I'm not saying that he. You know, I'm not saying that he he wasn't a like a decent person and like helped. Like I said, he helped comics. It's just that there's a little bit more credit due other places. And I just I'm I'm sad to know that like people still are ignorant to it. Well, that's not all Stanley's fault. Um, the other guys weren't out telling people either. You know what I mean? It's, it's like true. Stanley yeah. went out and told people, but but the artists Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby are not the type to go out to colleges and just say you know how awesome they are. You know, true. They're like they're not that type. So that you did have one person out there saying how awesome he was and at the same time did say that Jack Kirby was awesome and everything but uh but uh yeah I think it was just the exposure and they were just different types of people different personalities sure and that's why we're reviewing Shazam I guess you're yeah Captain Marvel (laughs) I know like I was oh man I was thinking that too that's okay that's all right it's all good so this is not your grandfather's Shazam or Captain Marvel by any means. Right. That's what we were trying to get into. Yeah. But yeah. That's where we were trying to get with all the Stanley talk. Which is weird. But <laughs> um, So those of you that know, some of you may not know, but um, the way that they've set up the character dynamic in this book is very unique. Um, in fact, in the Shazam Captain Marvel mythos, um, he has the Shazam family. Or the Marvel family, I should say. Don't say say Shazam family. I'm sorry, the Marvel family. (laughs) Um, But one of... There is a character named Hoppy, which is a bunny rabbit. Mm -hmm. And his his uncle as well. Um, I can't remember what his uncle... I just read it too, and I can't even think of his last name. Why do you back yourselves into these corners? I don't know, dude. I don't know. You don't have to even go there. (laughs) I just do. You can just ignore his name. Sorry. Uncle Dudley, dude. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so Uncle Dudley... um, so in this, so it, in previous incarnation, um, you know Billy was a was an orphan living on the streets, um, and then got the powers. Whereas this, he they show his parents, kind of, um, and then he's living with Uncle Dudley for a little while. Goes to court, and then gets it adopted by Doctor Savannah, who mm-hmm. is like the arch nemesis, other than Black Adam, right? Right. Um, but it is a little bit darker take. Like Savannah likes to hit his kids. Yeah, and he does kill people. So, so uh, enlighten us, dude. What was uh, so in the original one? Yeah, um, Doctor. What was the Doctor Savannah's uh, relationship to Captain Marvel, if any, before this? He was. Uh, I know. He, well, he was his arch nemesis. He was just. Was he just? He was just e- a evil scientist. scientist. Yeah, evil that scientist. Had no relation to. Um, as Billy far Batson? as I know, that's correct. Okay. Yes. Um, in this in this story, the new beginning, he's actually his um, his actual uncle. It was weird. It was like a step uncle or something like that. Because uh, Dudley is his actual uncle. Yes. But like uh, Savannah was like his mom's cousin or something weird. It's like his that. mom's like. It's yeah, it's like his mom's uh, sister's uh, husband or something. It was something weird, like yeah. related by marriage, not yeah. by not by blood. Right. Whereas Dudley was related by blood, um, and so Dudley um, is part of the Marvel family, um, and so and so was Hoppy. But in this, they don't actually become their counterparts. So so just in Sorry, case people don't know, yeah. no, you're good. I just want to okay. say real quick. The Marvel family. So Shazam's name used to be Captain Marvel. I don't know if we've specifically said that. So I'm assuming a lot of you know this, but for those that don't, um, there was a DC Captain Marvel as well as a Marvel Captain Marvel, right? Marvel Captain Marvel was only made because DC had a Captain Marvel. DC bought their Captain Marvel from Fawcett Comics, um, and the whole Marvel family is what they call it because there was a Captain Marvel Jr., Mary Marvel, a talking tiger named Takitani, um, and Uncle Dudley, um, 
And so uh, DC bought all those from Fawcett Comics. So now DC owns a character named Captain Marvel. Meanwhile, there's another publisher named Marvel Comics. And they're just like, dude, that's messed up that these guys have a Captain Marvel because that's our name. So they create Captain Marvel for the sole purpose of being able to copyright that, basically, so that DC can't use the name Captain Marvel on the cover of their comics. So that's why um, starting, I don't know, whenever it was, whenever this lawsuit happened, the comics started saying Shazam on the cover uh, as opposed to Captain Marvel like they used to in the old days, right? So right. Uh, so the cover would say Shazam when Shazam was actually the wizard um, that gave him his powers. Now the way that it's set up in the DC Universe and in the movies is that guy's name is Shazam, but so is the superhero. His name is also Shazam. You got the wizard Shazam and the superhero Shazam. I right. Guess, right, which can get confusing. And you got... Freddy Shazam and Mary Shazam now, and it, it's, their names used to be Mary Marvel. Yeah, Mary Marvel, Captain Marvel Jr. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, when we say Captain Marvel, we're, if it, just in case you don't know, we are actually talking about the superhero Shazam. Who is Captain Marvel? Who is Shazam? Who is Shazam? Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, thank you for bringing that up because they actually on the cover of this obviously it says Shazam, but inside they call him Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, which is legal by. Uh, the terms right that they said so uh anyhow billy batson who is captain marvel slash shazam who uh who is the orphan uh gets adopted by uh savannah one one big thing uh, oh sorry no go ahead dude finish your thought well there's a big uh court hearing and stuff he gets adopted and savannah treats him like crap and like beats him and stuff and he's got a brother and or uh, an adopted brother and sister yes too. uh-huh magnifico or something yeah uh Mag, yeah, it's Magnificus or so, yeah, Magnificus or something like that. And uh, what's I, uh, her name? Like Butimus or something. Right? Butitia like, or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, they're really weird names. And what I didn't understand is, are these actually Savannah's real kids? So I, I don't know the history on them specifically, but in this book, they are his real kids. And okay. in a, um, there is a, um series that came out a few years ago called Multiversity by Grant Morrison. Um, Grant Morrison explores the the Captain Marvel Shazam universe and it's kind of set back in the 50s and like kind of on its own thing. Well, those two characters do appear in that Shazam single issue um, and they actually get the power of Shazam as well and she becomes really beautiful because she's like this ugly girl and she becomes beautiful Mm. And and the son is like this Weasley, kind of like Doctor Savannah, but a little taller. And then he becomes a strapping guy. So I, so in this book, though, uh, they're already beautiful and strapping. Correct. Right? So, yes. Correct. So in Grant Morrison's version, the, after they got their powers, they became that. Right. And so I don't know beyond beyond that. I don't recall the characters. So so the uh, the guy, the boy, mm-hmm. he's. He seems to be going along with Savannah, where the girl seems to be more. She has more empathy and, yeah. and care for Billy. But she gets her, her ass beat by his Savannah. By Savannah, yeah. She's yeah. like, "Dad, don't hit me again." Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yep. And that's what, yeah. This like we said, this is during the. This is after your Dark Knight Returns and stuff like that. So it's like, or actually around the same time. It was Dark Knight in eighty five or eighty six. Uh, yes. It was one of those, but it was around the same time where they're trying to turn things dark. So yeah, it does. Uh, get that feel but uh yeah so basically to me the one of the biggest changes to the actual captain marvel slash shazam character in this was that um starting with this issue when he turned into shazam he wasn't turning into a different person right correct before when he turned into captain marvel he would be just turned into the superhero. So he wouldn't be a kid's mind inside of a superhero necessarily. Uh, kind of like they would do that same thing with Thor back in the early Thors. Like, you know, he was Donald Blake, but when he held the hammer, he was Thor. And they weren't the same person necessarily. <clears throat> right. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest change with this. And that change stuck. I mean, that, as far as I know, that change has always been in place. They never went back after that. Right. He's always been Billy Batson's mind inside of Captain Marvel's body, basically. So I think that was to to his character, other than the scenery, you know, where who he was raised by and things. I think that's the biggest um, change, which 
that was a good change. I, I said I didn't like this book, but there are a couple things I like about it. And I, that, to me, that's what separates Shazam from Superman, basically, is the fact that he can be a little boy in a, you know, Girl superhero's body. body. Yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, if he didn't have that, they would be basically be identical. And Captain Marvel was created originally by Fawcett Comics by C.C. Beck to be a Superman clone, basically, right? right? So, yeah, that's, that's what separates those. And, and once DC had ownership of Captain Marvel, to me, it, they had to make that distinction because otherwise... You have two of the same yeah, character. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's lame. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. Dude, this Tom Mandrake's art, I'm not a big fan of it, dude. It's like, very hit or miss. I Yeah, and that's the thing is like I when I... I got this and I opened it up and I'm like, man, at first I was like really turned off. But the more I read it, I actually started to really like kind of like it. I do see a little bit of Tim Sale in there. I was going to say the exact same thing, dude. Yeah. I think Tim Sale took a lot from this guy, dude. He must have. Yeah. There, there's one panel where he um, he's grabbing these guys. They're in this theater and Uncle Dudley's doing a magic trick. Uh-huh. And uh, he turns into Shazam or he's Shazam when he flies in or Captain Marvel. And... Um, um, he goes to remove these guys from the seats because they're mocking Uncle Dudley. That Captain Marvel image looks identical to a Tim Sale yeah. drawing. Yeah, that's true. There's another one in the last issue too, like um, these faces of Black Adam and Shazam oh, coming yeah, towards each other. Like yep. that feels like so much like Tim Sale to yep, me. Definitely. Which is like it's funny that uh, yeah, because I always thought the Tim Sale style came from him not necessarily knowing how to draw. But it like works, like yeah. But it, like I, for the most part, I like Tim Sale. But when I first saw Tim Sale, I didn't. I'm just like, dude, this guy doesn't know how to draw bodies or faces or anything. But then like in general, then, yeah. Then it started to really grow on me, and I I ended up liking him. But I thought the style still came from his inability to draw anatomy perfectly. Right. Um. But yeah, after seeing Mandrake, I'm like, dude, no, Tim Sale must have like actually like really studied mandrake because yeah dude i'm curious in yours let me see your book real yeah, quick. yeah yeah so kelly's got the 30th anniversary um uh release of this book which has an additional couple stories at the very back um some stories taken from action comics 623 to 626 um i'm curious to see if they recolored this uh was really bad. Like it would go out of the lines and stuff. Like a lot, dude. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. notice this one. Uh, uh, but really? no, I think, I think they, they must have. Yeah, I think they must have recolored yours because I'm not seeing any of that stuff that I was seeing uh, in the originals. The paper stock in this, I really like though. The, I, I the paper too. quality. Yeah, this is actually. Yeah, this is a good. It's a nice looking trade, actually. Uh, I mean, it's pretty standard, but uh, I do like the. Um, just the uh, what's it called? Just the layout, I guess, of the cover and things, yeah. and yeah, the paper stock, like you said, is really good too. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I was curious if they'd changed that in years. But um, so yeah, basically, this is just a retelling of the cat. It's like a retcon of the Captain. beginning. Yeah, and uh, he's a little bit harder edged kid. He's a you know he. He, you could tell he gets like pissed off a lot and things. He's more of a teenager, standard teenager. I mean, Roy Thomas wrote this. He came from Marvel, where you have teenagers, you know, with problems and things like Spider-Man. To me, he felt a little bit. This felt a little bit like the Spider-Man story to me. Like at first, he he has to become a hero, right? Where at first he right. he doesn't necessarily have the best um, of intentions necessarily, but. Uh, what you were saying, I did like that part where where he did go into his uncle's magic show. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that. That was a nice thing for him to do, actually, because everybody thinks his uncle's a hack and like right. just a stupid magician who can't do anything. Uh, but he he comes in as uh, as as Captain Marvel, right? Um, but who does he turn into? He, he turns back into, into Billy. Okay. So he goes into that box yeah, and he's right. like, he's gonna make him disappear, or whatever. And yeah. then right when he says Alakazam, he yells Shazam and it yeah. like turns him into back into Billy. Yeah, that's right. And then he comes out and then everybody's just like blown away because they turn this, you know, this superhero guy into this little kid and stuff. Yeah. And so yeah, it was cool that he helped his uncle out that way. 
Um, but meanwhile, Dr. Savannah is bringing uh, Black Adam. Back from another dimension. Yeah. Uh, Black Adam was Adam Toth or something. Is that his name? Uh, yeah. No, something Adam like that. Adam uh, Teth. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh yeah, from back in Egypt and, and he was the original one to get the Shazam powers and he abused it, he let it get to his head, uh, and then he was banished into another dimension. Yeah, so it has the retelling of uh not only Black Ad- not only uh Captain Marvel but also Black Adam's origin story. Yeah. Um so you get that and it's it's cool because it's like two Titans battling while he's also trying to take out the mad scientists. And the mad scientist thinks that he's in charge, but then Black Adam's like, nope, uh, you're going to call me master. Um, and so it's just this interesting dynamic where it's two villains teaming up against uh, Captain Marvel. Um, but really, he, you know, he's battling, like I said, he's battling two different fronts, like the, the genius, the mad genius, and then like the strong man. Well, uh, to, to that note, I thought it was cool where when they finally did... Um basically kind of beat Captain Marvel at one point is they both shot him at the same time, right? So yeah. you had Dr. Savannah shooting him from behind and you had uh, Black Adam shooting him with his powers from the front. So it was like, uh, yeah, it was cool that it was like, it took both of them to bring him down. But uh, but yeah, so Captain Marvel starting to realize like, oh man, I'm not, I'm not strong enough to beat this guy because this guy has the same powers as him, but he's also like an adult, right? So... Right. And not only an adult, but an adult who's been alive for thousands of years. So he's got so. tons of experience. Yeah. And then, and then the, he also mentions that the dimension that he came from was like way harsher than mm-hmm. the earth that they're, excuse me, that they're living in right now. Right. And so he's used to like just dealing with, you know, he can take a lot of uh, hits basically. Dude, I got a question real quick. Yes. So Shazam, okay. Uh, uh-huh. The reason why he has the name Shazam is because he... Has like the wisdom of Solomon, right? The is it the strength of Hercules? Uh, uh, is stamina yeah, maybe? I stamina. I can't remember which one it is. But then you have Atlas, uh-huh. uh, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury, right. right? Yes. Um, so all those are like gods except for the first one, right? Isn't like all those are like Greek mythological gods, but not Solomon. Solomon's like from the Bible. Yeah, wisdom of Solomon. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it's weird to me that like they all have, they're all like these uh, mythological gods, except for Solomon was just a king, right? Right. So did they just not? Is there not another god with an S that they could have used? I, I mean, why did they pick Solomon? I don't understand that. He just seems it like one weird. of these things is yeah. not like the other to me. Right. Well, you got to think though. Her- Hercules. Did he have Hercules? Was it say Hercules? Yeah. Yeah, it, well, Hercules is like a demigod, so he's not like full god. Yeah, exactly. But still, but he's, Solomon's he's still a regular god. dude, yeah, just exactly. a king. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's weird. And then one thing I didn't know, and maybe this is something they just added with this book, but I didn't know that they had a separate Shazam thing for Black Adam. Yeah, and I, um, all of his stuff is like Egyptian uh, gods. Or was whatever. that though? Was that it, was this from this book? Do you know? Um, or so did they have I, it before they in um, man, because I have that. Uh, What's that black and white reprints? Showcase presents mm-hmm. Shazam. Uh, in that, it does have the the '70s version of Black Adam, um, and it, that act the same acronym for Black Adam is in that book oh, as well. It? Yes, but yeah, so the acronym is still a Shazam acronym. Correct, but and it's still this. It's the same Egyptian ones. Right, it's Shu, Heru, Amon, Zahudi. I like that one. Yeah, Zahudi. Zahudi's my boy. <laughs> Anton. <I mean>. Anton. <laughs> Mahan. And Mahan. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, those are, like you said, like uh, Egyptian gods, I guess. I, I'm not familiar with the Egyptian theology, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. That was interesting to me. But he started out, Black Adam started out as being a good guy, but it just, like, Power like went to his happens, head, man. dude. Yeah. Especially, like, he talks about, like, on the top of the pyramid, and he looks down and see, like, these ant-sized people. And just like yeah. knowing that he could rule over them because they're just so tiny, you know. And that's always been. I always love when people do that with Superman, right? Like they, you know, people are. Batman is always constantly worried that Superman might it might just get to his head one day. And they've they've told stories where it does get to Superman's head. I think in the Armageddon two thousand one storyline that did you ever read any of those? They were like in the nineties. They wrote that. No. Uh, but it was cool. But it was like the story of how Superman got out of hand and Batman had to take him down with a kryptonite ring, dude. 
uh, like uh, Superman had given Batman this kryptonite ring. Like, if I ever get out of control, you, you use it on me. Come use it on me. Yeah. yeah. So Batman had to take him down because Superman got out of control. Right. And that's basically what Black Adam. Black Adam is Superman once he realizes they can do anything with his power and decides to use it negatively. Right. right. Which is cool because then you think about you have like Superman, you have Captain Marvel, Black Adam, and you know like they do have a couple team ups where they fight Black Adam together, and Black Adam can take them both on to a point, you know, and just to have these three characters that are very very similar to each other, um, you know, it's like Black Adam's almost like uh, Captain Marvel's Bizarro, yeah, in a way, you know, he's much smarter, yeah, except for he's like a yeah genius, yeah, like, like he's like. Awesome, but yeah, right. you're right. He's just like the opposite. Uh, he's just a bad guy, but has the same laws, all the same powers. Right. And I, I, one thing I thought was really funny about this book. I know you don't like this book, but um, when they keep crashing through Savannah's roof, they do mm. it like three or four times. So um, I just think it's funny that they because he keeps patching his roof and they keep breaking through it. <laughs> it's just kind of a funny and there was a couple funny parts. It. One thing I liked that it actually felt a lot like the Shazam movie. Was uh, when he he wants to go see a rated R movie, uh-huh, yeah. And so he turns into Captain Marvel, and then he goes up to the thing and he says, "One adult ticket, please." <laughs> and I thought that part was pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, I do like that kind of stuff, but uh, I don't know, dude. My biggest, I had a big beef with the art. Like, dude, Tom Mandrake would. Uh, so the coloring in the one I read wasn't good, and Tom Mandrake would just like. He would do lazy stuff, dude. Like when Captain Marvel was flying, he would just draw like the top of his body, and yeah, then like, the rest of it's just like and it happened a lot. Where he would just sometimes he would stop drawing from the rib cage down. Sometimes he would stop drawing him from the waist down. I there was even one where he just stopped drawing him from the like shins down because he just like I don't know, dude. It does to me. It doesn't seem like a stylistic thing. It seems like a laziness thing. But to yeah. Me. And, and I think some of his faces are kind of inconsistent as well. Oh, yeah. Dude, um, there's some wonky faces. Especially when he draws Billy Batson's face. Like, yeah. I didn't like the Billy Batson's well, face at all. There's one part where um, Uncle Bagley. Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Bagley? <laughs> Mark Bagley? No, what's, it, what's his name? Dudley, like, man. Thank you. Uncle Dudley. I'm so bad with names, dude. <laughs> and I just, I mean, I've read this the last, like, I, I read a week ago and then I re-skimmed it and I still can't remember Uncle Dudley's name. <laughs> anyway, so him and Uncle Dudley are like reconnecting and they look like they're mad at each other. Like if you look at the yeah. images, you're yeah, like, man, what do. are they so pissed at about? Yeah. But it's just them like having this heartfelt conversation. Yeah, I thought and that like, was really weird too. Yeah. And, and so I just... I guess his artwork is inconsistent is what I, is what I would say. Um, yeah, and dude, like even like... Oh man, dude, Roy Thomas's writing in this was just not so. Basically, not not a lot really happens in this like four issue series. It wasn't until like the last issue that I think something started really happening because before that it was, you know, it's just the telling a retelling of the story that you know you basically know, but they made some changes to it. Right. But uh, then it's just like so much dialogue with not a lot happening. Like you can read like three pages which is just one scene still and it's just so much talking so much exposition in this and it's just like right i've got to do this because of this 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 oh uncle dudley will think it the blah 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 it's a lot of thought bubbles and stuff and it's like dude i i don't know i, I hate that style of writing to me it, well maybe personally. he was overcompensating for the artwork <laughs> he had to cover as much of the artwork as he could with balloons <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um or you know it also could be like because his wife helped write it. Yeah, which is weird, actually. I didn't know that it was wife, his wife at first because the name was Dan Thomas, yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, did he get his brother or something? But yeah, I found out it was his wife. I didn't know that she was even a writer, but apparently she wrote a few other things like Infinity Inc. and uh, uh, All-Star Squadron, I think. Oh, she did? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I just wonder if like... If maybe she had some input on the way that it was written and why it's like so wordy in certain points, you know? Yeah, it could be. Well, it, probably just because it was two people writing it too. It's just like they both wanted to write as much as they wanted to, so it just made it pretty wordy. Excellent. I mean, it, it's not yeah. Bendis wordy, uh, but no. it's uh, still it's just overly wordy, and the, just the fact that nothing is happening while they're talking, dude. There was like a battle scene. Uh, the very first time that Black Adam and uh, Captain Marvel met up. 
it goes on like pages. I don't know how many, but I want to say like five pages. And they're just like, it felt like wrestlers talking to me. It was just like, I'm going to get you because you are yeah. like, uh, <laughs> you should not be doing what you're doing and I'm going to make you pay. And it really felt like a WWE like, uh, uh, bit like they to smack me. talk each yeah, other. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it was all they were doing while they were fighting. And it was just like, this is, I could skip this entire reading these entire pages and I wouldn't miss anything because right. nothing was actually being said that advanced the story at all. And, and yeah. And like, dude, honestly, they took away, they call them the big red cheese, right? Like that's yeah. like what they call, um, Captain Marvel. And they took that out, even though they did reference the big red cheese, I think once in the book, they do it one time. Yeah. yeah. But they took it all out. They, they took out why he would be called the big red cheese. He was supposed to be like, uh, just a fun, like, goofy superhero read, you know? Like, right. that's what made Captain Marvel cool to me. And they took, they just completely took out why he was cool, in my opinion. I mean, they tried to make him cool for different reasons, um, you know? But, yeah, he was just always just like a, it was just a fun, like, non-serious book. And DC took, I mean, it was it would be okay to have one non-serious book, you know, right. like. But in the '80s, they wanted to make everything gritty. Well, I mean, because that's the thing is, in the '80s, they started realizing <laughs> that the the readership of comic books was older, right? That's right. I mean, we were young in the '80s, but like the <clears throat> average reader was still in, in his twenties, probably at this time. Because they grew up, you know, when comics were huge in the '60s, right? So, comics had a big superheroes specifically had a big boom in the 60s and the people who were reading superhero books kept reading them and dc did that big thing where like you know in the 80s all their books would say comics aren't just for kids anymore or whatever right Right. yeah and i think that this was part of that push like you know that they were just trying to make it so it wasn't for kids but you don't have to make something and dc dude this dc has a problem with this in their movies too you don't have to make something dark in order for adults to enjoy it you know what i mean like the Marvel books are are just Mar- as um you, you know the, the Marvel movies are campy as heck but they're still cool for adults. Right. I don't mean to say that Marvel's movies are campy but they're they don't take themselves too seriously, right? But like adults can still enjoy them because they're you know just the heroes themselves are cool. Right. And DC doesn't understand that they didn't understand roy thomas didn't understand that when he was making this that captain america or captain marvel sorry on his own is cool you right. don't need to make him abused as a child or you know like i'm not saying that there's no room for that in comics there, there is but I, got, I i just when i read this got the feeling that they were trying to just make it better by making it darker I'm not saying there's not room for a dark comic where the hero is abused growing up, but like, yeah, you didn't need to do that with Captain Marvel, in my opinion. Right. Well, and that's the thing is, like, that's the the whole thing, you know. When CC Beck created, I mean, he was very cartoony compared to some of the other stuff at mm-hmm. the time, and so that just like leaned to his flavor, where it's like, like you said, you don't necessarily have to make something dark to make it enjoyable by adults. Right. You can still put humor in it, and so like, really. Do they need to create this new beginning? Right. I mean, why not take what he was before and make new stories from from the perspective of who he was before as a character, as right. opposed to making him grim and gritty? Yeah. So this is, and this is like the start of DC basically rebooting their characters like every couple of years, right? It's like this didn't happen very often until the '80s hit, and then that's and and even more so the '90s. And the 2000s, now they're just like re- retconning and rebooting characters like it's going out of style. So it was kind of a big deal. So this, I, I will say this book is a big deal for what it was at the time. But I think 30 years later, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't it hold doesn't up. It doesn't hold up, yeah. right. I mean, they released this 30-year anniversary thing like it is some big thing, like it is like the Killing Joke or something huge, right? But like... It doesn't, to me, it doesn't merit a 30th anniversary, like, reprinting. They only did it because you don't have that many Shazam stories to release a trade about. Right, and that's one thing um, why I actually got this book is because, like, I recognize Roy Thomas. I I like some of his stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I had no idea who Tom Mandrake was. Um, I thought it was a 30th anniversary 
the new beginning. Um, so ordering it, I was I was kind of uh, ignorant to the fact of what was happening, what was going to happen in this book. Right. Um, and like you said, there's not many full-on stories in print of Captain Marvel slash Shazam. Yeah, there really isn't. And it's weird because he was always, I mean, he rarely had his own series. He, like, with DC, he was, like, he would make, he was part of, like, the Justice League at times, and and he would make appearances in other people's books. That's kind of what he was, that's basically what he was up until, you know, uh, up until this book. Uh, And then, you know, there wasn't a lot. They have, like, the power of Shazam that was out in, like, the 2000s, and then... Mm -hmm. Trials of Shazam. Trials, yeah. Which where he is, uh, I think, isn't tri- Trials, I think, is where he's attached to the ro- uh, Rock of Eternity. And Freddie Freeman is actually the main Captain Marvel at right. that time. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And then uh, there's this one. There's the, um, like I said, the whole Shazam series that was in the 70s. They reprinted into uh, the Showcase Presents. And then you got Alex Ross's Hope. Or is it is that Shazam's? Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, there's I was that one. To have that one. But other, like other than that, oh, and then th- there's the new Fifty Two stuff by Jeff Johns. Oh yeah. And other than that, I I don't think that there's any other. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird that they didn't do more with him. But again, like I said, uh, up until this book, he was just another Superman clone, right? So, right. yeah, it would be hard to do an ongoing of Superman and an ongoing of Captain Marvel, I guess. Um, but yeah, up before this, and especially during like the Fawcett times when it was a Captain Marvel book, yeah, it was just like it was just a fun, lighthearted like superhero. It was like a I mean, all the comics were more lighthearted back then, but it was more just, you know, a little bit silly. Like, you'd have cartoon characters in there, like, a, you know, Takitani or right. uh, Dr. Mind, the a little... Mr. Mind. Yeah. yeah. Worm with glasses. Sorry, I, he didn't go to school. I forgot. He just it was a mister. He didn't spend eight years at <laughs> school. He just got a bachelor's degree. <laughs> bachelor Mind is what I'm going to start calling it. You know. Um uh, but speaking of Mr. Mind, that was the one part I really, really liked about this book was him showing up at the end as like a tequila worm. Yeah, he right? was the, yeah the tequila worm at the bottom of the yeah, bottle. I thought yeah. that was really cool. Dude. It was cool. Uh, the the and it was that was basically how they closed it out is that so uh, they arrested uh, Doctor Savannah and he Savannah and he went to jail for like an hour <laughs> and then he broke out. <laughs> And then he was hanging out in Mexico drinking tequila, and then it did a close up of the of the tequila worm. And <clears throat> yeah, so and they didn't ever call him Mister Mind, but yeah, you were supposed to know that that's what it was. Mind, it was yeah. obvious that that's what it was. And that actually, the drawing of the worm, I thought was really good. That was like one of the few drawings that Mandrake did in this that I really liked. But he should stick to wildlife. <laughs> wildlife. <laughs> Nobody would call it tequila worm wildlife, dude. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I agree, dude. He should do a wildlife documentary with just tequila worms, dude. (laughs) Um, Yeah, dude, honestly, only read this if you want to read. This is my recommendation, but only read this if you really want to read everything and know all of Shazam's history. Because it's kind of an important book for what it does, what it changes, but the read wasn't enjoyable for me. Right, and it's like, it's out of continuity. Um, I mean, they don't, I don't think they use any of this stuff. I mean, they're like you said, there's a couple points they do use still, um, but for the most part, you know, it's it's a lot darker than even the current Captain Marvel that's going uh, right now. So um, I personally, I'm a fan of Tim Sale. So, in essence, I'm a fan of Tom Mandrake (laughs) to an extent. um, There's, like I said, his art is hit and miss. And so there are some panels that are very beautiful and some that just totally flop. Um, So, this would, I would say this book's average. Like, if you, if you have some money to spend, you know, just, you know, on something that you don't care about reading, (laughs) something you don't like. If you have enough money to spend on something that you won't like and won't read, yeah, go ahead and get this book. (laughs) That's the best recommendation I've ever heard. <laughs> for for me, it it was an average read. It wasn't it wasn't the worst thing, and it wasn't definitely wasn't the best. But it, it was an average. 
I did a quick uh, Google, Google search on Tom Mandrake and Tim Sale uh-huh. together to see if anybody else has picked up on this, uh-huh. but I don't I don't see anything saying. Uh, I mean, really, that where Tom Tim Sale is calling out Tom Mandrake is a influence. Influence, yeah, huh. yeah, it's interesting. Um, but I have read some stuff with Tom Mandrake. Like he did a lot of the uh, Batman comics um, around like uh, the early 80s uh-huh. um and i don't remember him being that like bad but again it's been a long time since i read them so i i do have some i'll have to go back and look at him see if they still suck this bad no, i'm just kidding i mean he doesn't suck it's just to me it's not it's not great and i wanted this book to be so good i wanted it to be a lot better than it was and it's just a big old letdown man yeah. So, um, if you buy the 30th anniversary, like we said, there's some stories from Action Comics in there, and there's a uh, the villain in the those final stories is Captain Nazi, right? Yes. Did you read any? You didn't read any. I of did those? not read any Captain yeah. Nazi stuff. From what I understand, Captain Nazi is a similar power to to Captain Marvel. To Donald Trump. To Donald Trump. Yeah. Yep. He, he's basically a Donald Trump clone. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, so he's got yeah. So that's the other thing, dude. Is all of Captain Marvel's villains have his powers? Well, I think this dude he like shoots up, and he becomes. Also, oh, basically, a wizard like, will give you those powers, or drugs will give you those powers. Exactly. Okay, yes. Cool. Yep. You heard it here first, kids. Do drugs. <laughs> I mean, Kelly, don't. don't do your daughters listen to this. You're gonna feel bad if they. End up all strung out, and they said, "Well, that is because you told me to do drugs, so you could become a superhero." Don't do yep. drugs. Yeah, we don't, we don't condone drug use. Correct, unless it's marijuana, because that's basically legal now everywhere. So it's basically decriminalized anyhow. So go ahead and smoke weed. Happy four twenty, everybody. Just kidding. That was a few weeks ago, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, just just joking about all the drug talk. We should, we probably are gonna uh, get kicked off of iTunes for this. I'm sure we will. I found out that you can get kicked off of iTunes um, for having stuff that it's Apple offensive. doesn't like. Yeah. I mean, depends on what you did to deem offensive, but like, uh, yeah, this one podcast um, got some of their stuff taken down, like their old episodes taken down because they were like, I guess, said some jokes that were a little bit sexist or something oh, yeah? like that. And yeah, huh. got their podcast taken down. So why is iTunes so progressive? Yeah, dude, we like, <laughs> we no, we like all sexes, we like all <laughs> genders, we like all races, and we like, uh, we we hate Nazis. We do. Yeah. yeah, that's that's one group that I could stand behind hating. Even though you were kind of a Nazi. No. Because, you know, anyway. Yes. Thanks for listening, you guys. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just go out now. Go Take us out, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, so find us at Insta- on Instagram at Cold Storage Podcast. Email us at thecoldstoragepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave us reviews on, in, on uh, not Instagram, iTunes. <laughs> Tell your friends about us. Subscribe. Leave us a review on Instagram. Every one of your your friends' uh, posts, go on there and leave a review of our podcast as a comment on their posts. Yes. And uh, give us suggestions on what to read. Yeah. Uh, preferably pre-90s. Yeah. Yeah, definitely pre-90s, man. Uh, nothing new. Yeah, we don't, we're not going to review new stuff. We don't want to read your White Knights of Gotham. We don't want to read your... I don't need to read that black label garbage. We don't want to read your Conan's O'Briens. Conan's O'Briens. Yeah, yeah. Conan's. Yeah. We don't want to read. We're already reading that stuff, but it's not. We don't want to talk about it. We want to talk about the old, the olden days. Oldish days, yeah. Yep. I mean, even like the stuff that I say is oldish is old, right? Like, nineties, I would consider kind of old, but dude, that's old because we're old. It now. is, yeah. yeah. That's what we grew. Up, well, we grew up eighties. But yeah, like you said, like like I used to think of '90s as not being history of comics, but right. now it is. Yeah, yeah, dude. People just getting into comics now would just be like, they would think of '90s as like how we think of the Silver Age, basically. Right. That's crazy. Which is right? weird to think. Yeah, and dude, eventually they got to start coming up with new ages, right? Yep. 
Because they have like uh, the Copper Age is what I think they consider that uh, late 80s, 90s stuff now, which is not like an official thing, but it's not definitely not Bronze Age and it's not modern. No, yeah. So I think they came up with Copper Age. What's going to come after Copper, dude? Uh, aluminum foil. <laughs> the Aluminum Foil Age? Yeah. yeah. That's what the early 2000s were, was the Aluminum Foil Age. I like that, dude. Oh, let's thank make you. that happen. Yeah, let's do that. Let's copy. Hashtag uh, aluminum foil age, share it, and review it on Instagram. <laughs> Do it. Thanks. See you later. Bye.